the Burger King just came out with a new french fry sandwich. If you ask for the low-carb version, the cashier just squeezes mayo directly into your hand. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, so, recap of the debate last night, if you didn't see it, or you have any interest in our analysis. I don't think any of us think anything really happened that's going to change the direction of the race. I went to my liberal outlets to figure out how people on the left saw it, and uh, that would they agreed with you. Bernie got wounded. It's the first time he's ever looked shaky. It's the first time he's ever looked vulnerable. He got yes. booed a couple of times, and he seemed a little flustered. He's never seemed flustered to me before. So, You know, I don't think the debate last night will change how he does in the primary, but it absolutely reminded me of why he will lose 42 states. He he is indefensible as a candidate in I, a lot of ways. He has his constituency, and they love him, but uh, they're crazy. I'll have to dig up my response to that from Vox. That's pretty darn interesting on uh, what Bernie's appeal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did want to throw this out, that uh, Trump's approval rating is at his all-time high in terms of the real clear politics average. That's where they average all the major polls. That's really the best thing to look at. Is this all voters or Republicans? Uh, this is everyone, okay. all of America. Um, and the average of the major polls is the best way to look at it, obviously, because you can get a poll here or there that gets out of whack. But uh, you average him and you get it closer to the truth. And he's got his highest approval ever at 46.3, which historically is astounding. That right, that it's never been higher. That not only has he never been at, you know, 65, he's never been to 50. Yeah. Uh, in the average. At the same time, 46 is absolutely re-election territory. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, cause similar for this time for Barack Obama and, uh, and, and, and George Bush and other people that have been reelected. And his disapprove is tied for his lowest ever. So who knows where it'll become November, but that's where it is now. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I, I will stick with my description of the debate last night, circular firing squad. And we have some really amusing clips to play for you. Um, and, and or, uh, you know, notable. But one thing that there are so many things in life, and I've been carping about socialism and will till they boot me off the air, that the sales pitch sounds wonderful. But the reality of it is, oh, it's terrible. It's way darker and it's awful. It's a fraud. But there are a lot of things in life that sound really good. No matter how much I think about it, they sound really, really good. And then you try them and realize timeshares, uh, <laughs> for instance. But then you try them and you realize, oh, oh, around here, I have myself said this during the debates. Why don't they go after Bernie? Or why don't they, you know, go after such and such? You know, this candidate, can't they, how did they let him get away with blah, blah, blah? But if you actually let that happen in a debate, or it happens a lot, because if you didn't watch any of it last night, first of all, congratulations on having a life, but there was a ton of negative stuff. Everybody was attacking everybody. It was a circular firing squad. When you go negative like that in a setting like that, nobody, almost nobody, comes off as a statesman. Hmm. Little Pete did pretty well. He's closer to it than anybody. Yeah, he that was his thing. He was going to be the adult, which is ironic because he looks like a child. But um, everybody ends up <laughs> covered with mud and looking less than statesmanlike. Um, so I get why they wait so long to go negative, at least in that format. So I'll get to the Vox thing coming up because I'll have to find it on what, what Bernie's socialist appeal is. It's and Latin it, for voice, you know, Jack. And it might explain Vox. it to you. Uh, to show them to be uh, a little more uh, nonpartisan than you might think, they have this article also out today. 
after explaining Bernie's appeal, they have this. Bernie Sanders looks electable in surveys, but it could be a mirage. New research suggests Sanders would drive swing voters to Trump and need a youth turnout miracle to compensate. And here are the numbers. It's kind of interesting. That'll never happen. Well, it hasn't happened yet. I hate to say never anymore because everything's there. All precedence is out the window, but it would be the first time ever. Yeah, well, you don't have the courage to say never. I do. It would be the first time. I'm practicing for my first debate. It'd be the first time <laughs> young people ever actually do show up the way, you know, it's promised. But Obama boosted black voter turnout in 2008 by 4%. Wow. First black candidate was leading in the polls. So it wasn't like he'll never win. He was leading in the polls at right. the time, I recall. Um, and he only boosted black turnout by 4%. Bernie would need to boost young voter turnout by 11% in 2020 to make the numbers work for him to win. I have been hearing about, well, this to your point, Jack, these are different times, but I have been hearing about how we're going to yep. energize the youth vote, or the child vote, as I like to call it. <laughs> Um, and it never, ever happens. I mean, yeah. if I fell for this one again, I, I just, you know, I don't know. Throw me on a dock, gut me, and fry me because I am a fish, man. <laughs> I am biting at a bear hook. I, I'm so dumb I don't even need bait. Um, I'll have to dig up that explanation. Of now, I like fishing, unlike uh, Uncle Dick, who's more a hunter. Uncle Dick. What more, are you? more a deer Uncle hunter. Uncle Dick in the deer stand. Oh, that Uncle Dick. Right, up in the deer stand. <laughs> Uncle Dick, time for dinner. Oh, so and Jenny nice. says, come down from the deer stand with your legal gun. God bless the Second Amendment, Uncle Dick, but dinner's getting cold. Uh, a- Amy? Boy, our hyper-conservative listeners are going to murder me for this, but I don't really care. Um, if, for instance... Trump's uh, diet and girth gave him a fatal infarction, um, and the Republicans didn't have a candidate, I would vote for Amy Klobuchar, and I'd be fine with it. Oh, I, yeah, I figure I, things are going to swing a little more left than I'm comfortable with, but she seems like a thoroughly, a thoroughly reasonable human being, both in terms of temperament and ideology. Yeah. You know, how she'd be uh, foreign policy-wise, you never really know till somebody's in office, but she's a thoroughly, a thoroughly reasonable human being. She appears to be going nowhere. Um, and a crazy old socialist professor is going to win, or, or so it would seem. Yeah. Well, of course. Speaking of, you know, the Grim Reaper stepping up and taking somebody. <laughs> you know, I, I'd watch my back if I were you, Bernie. Sean said this earlier. You see a guy in a long black cloak run. <laughs> Sean said this earlier. Whoever Bernie's VP candidate is, that would be the shortest putt to becoming president we've ever had in our nation's history. Oh yeah. An eighty-year-old who just had a heart attack. With the most pressure-filled job in the world. I'm Bernie's Veep. I go ahead and pick out the curtains for the Oval Office and just file them away. Put it in my favorites on my uh, web browser. (laughs) Do we have any idea of his eating habits? Bernie? Yeah. He seems pretty healthy to me. But I don't know. Okay, so I don't I mean, his energy at his age is astounding. I'll give him that. Just as a homo sapien, one homo sapien to another. He's, a, he's got fantastic, you know, vigor for a man of his age. So I dug up the uh, explanation of explanation of socialism that Urza Klein came up with in Vox. It's pretty interesting on why you might not understand the appeal in the way that other people are. Uh, Urza Klein describes the difference between socialist economics and the socialist ethic. Klein quotes the prominent young socialist writer Nathan Robinson's definition of the socialist ethic as 
anger at capitalism over its systematic destructiveness and injustice versus the more meaty concept of socialist economics, which rearranges the way goods are produced and distributed. Mm -hmm. The point is that many Sanders supporters have joined his coalition not because they're doctrinaire socialists, believe in the government running the farms and the car companies or something like that. Uh, but because they feel he is sincerely angry about the same things that they are angry about. Income inequality, college and medical debt, climate change, and is thus the likeliest candidate to actually do something about those things. Mm-hmm. That's the appeal. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I I actually get that. I understand that. Um, but I know that when you grasp the lever, levels of levers, sorry, of power to the extent that Bernie wants to, you will find some of the realities of the marketplace extremely inconvenient to making your system work, and you will grasp those levers and then other levers after that, and and it becomes uh, classical socialism. Listen, I, I get the, the kids' angst, especially given the pace of change. The, 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 the horse gave way to the motor car over the course of decades. Decades! You see big, giant American cities in the 20s, for instance. Shocking how many horses there were. Um, but change now is in the blink of an eye. And you might have been, in fact, I know people like this. They did everything right. And their way to make a living vanished in the blink of an eye. That's disconcerting. Scary. Sure it is. That's what the anger is uh, going on and on about. And I, I, I sure hope his voice continues on because there's, you know, there's something to be said for his philosophy. There are going to be zillions of people out of work having done all the right things. And if we're not prepared for dealing with them, just as a, this is a practical, like, poli-sci discussion. If you're not prepared as a government to deal with that many, uh, uh, you know, a poor, unemployed, maybe unemployable people, that's when you have actual revolutions. Not Bernie, it's a revolution till you call me on the word revolution, but it's not a revolution. I'm talking about you have actual revolutions. Yeah. And given the pace of change, that sort of thing is getting harder and harder to manage. I don't even know if it can be managed, because humankind has never even tried. Um, baseball's getting sued again because of the Astros cheating scandal. Mm. Who's suing them this time is pretty interesting, among other, among other things, on the way. I can't. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I'm sitting here having to walk everywhere. I'm a thousand percent sure of that one. Yes, that was not there. I want the person to lose their job. I mean, that's just not right to take anybody's car like that. So it sounds like somebody was joyriding in his vehicle. Okay, well, it wasn't me. You know anything about that? That guy's crazy. He's crazy? How? Yeah. I don't know. Where would you make that up at? That's what civil court's for, letting him bring the ticket. He says he has a thousand miles on his vehicle while it was supposed to be here fixed. Now it's not fixed. And there was women's underwear in the back seat. Oh, I don't like your attitude, so all that Weirdo. Wow. Well, that's not very helpful at all. That's a plucky young reporter in beautiful Clearwater, Florida who uh, was reporting the story of one Victor Addo. He uh, dropped his car off. It was three weeks. They kept telling him it wasn't done. He finally was curious and furious, went to get his car, and he ends up with two parking tickets, two toll charges in different counties, and a 1,000 miles on his Jeep, all while it was supposed to be at the shop. So he finally demands his car back. 
and he finds sand and stains in the back seat, plus clothing tags and a pink lacy thong under the passenger seat. Mm. Now, the reporter shows up. It's one of those uh, plucky consumer reporter types who shows up and says, uh, hey, what's going on with this guy's car? He says that you kept it, blah, blah, blah. He swears at her, yells at her. Later, apparently, he says, listen, the only guy who could have driven it around, he's, he's in jail on a murder charge. So uh, he couldn't, there's nobody here who could have driven it around. Then it comes out, the guy wasn't in jail on his murder charge yet when they had his car. So I want to know whose panties those are. Women hate the term panties, I'm told. They'd rather go with underwear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know, I don't know. You can write in if you like, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, which your preferred <laughs> nomenclature for your undergarments. What but... kind of a survey is that? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you go to Mustang Speed and Restoration in Clearwater, just know somebody might take your car out joyriding, kill somebody in it. And then, and then, you know, and apparently run through some tolls and <laughs> bring it to the shop. Yeah, well, nothing parties like a rental. Like my old neighbor Larry, the truck driver, used to say. Say, shout out to Larry, by the way. I hope you're doing well, sir, and your beautiful family. Oh, speaking of people listening to the show, this very briefly. Uh, let's see this is from my friend Craig, whose uh, son-in-law was um, walking about in the Mission Hills district of the San Diego area. Love Mission Hills. And he says, hey, walked by a bum this morning. He was listening to A&G. <laughs> no way, says my buddy. Interesting demographic they have. So, wow, as we're going on about bums and junkies, evidently at least some of them are listening. So uh, a shout yeah. out. Yeah, that one hits the mark. All right. <laughs> a little too close to home. <laughs> a shout out to our unhomed uh, friends and fans. Uh, you are You have our best wishes. Yeah. Another lawsuit against baseball. I don't know how well any of these are going to do in the courts, but you had, you know, you got a player or two now that are suing saying, Hey, I got shelled by the Astros when they were cheating. I lost my job. It cost me millions of dollars. And somebody should have done that. The Astros, somebody owes me money. <laughs> Some, somebody's, somebody's on the hook for this. Yeah. MLB is uh, getting sued now by. Uh, a, a people grouped together as fantasy players. They were playing fantasy baseball, oh, money, money on the line, with the assumption that it's on the up and up. It wasn't. So they lost money. Wow. I don't know if that'll go anywhere, and the That's, amounts are so small. But Well, that, that could be one of those ginormous class action sure. suits where, mm-hmm. where the lawyers get rich and you get 99 cents in the mail. Well, Boy, uh, Johnny Depp's got problems. The actor? I know him. I know his work. I know his fabulous, bizarre perfume commercials. Buried his jewelry out in the desert for some reason. Right. For that perfume commercial. Anyway, he's tired of it. He's still in a court case with his ex-girlfriend, Amber Heard. What's she charging him with? Just being abusive, I guess. Uh, Yeah. I think, uh, listen, there's plenty of crazy to go around there. I know some pretty reasonable people... And I'm not saying I know this to be true, but they think Johnny's maybe getting the short end of this stick. Oh, boy, I don't don't know. know. If these texts are real that were read in the courtroom yesterday, I'm not even going to say them on the air. Really? Oh, well, I suppose I can, but this is not for everybody. Can you use the letters instead of the words or something? I'm, I'm a little yeah, afraid over here. Yeah, it's the violence that's most, uh, mostly bothered. Oh, Lord. Raging Johnny Jepp texted that he would burn and drown ex-wife Amber Heard, then blank her burnt corpse during their volatile relationship courtroom heard yesterday and so far unseen text messages that are allegedly sent by the pirates of the caribbean star to whom 
See, that's I'm to a friend. Okay, of his. All right, let's burn Amber. He said, "Let's drown her before we burn her. I will blank her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she's dead." Um, that could just be That's really edgy humor. Extremely dark, nasty humor, but I've known people who would make that joke who would never, ever commit an act of violence. Right. But, and but again, then, I think Johnny's plenty crazy himself. How about if the response the next day is this, because they had these texts. I'm going to stop the booze thing. Drank all night before. Um, I got ugly, mate. No food for days, powders, half a bottle of whiskey, a thousand Red Bull and vodka, pills, two bottles of champagne on the plane. What do you get? An angry aggro engine in a blanking blackout, screaming, screaming obscenities and insulting anyone who's near me. Um, blah, blah, blah. I'm too blanked in the head to spray my rage. Blah, blah, blah. I don't quite understand what's going on there. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't sound like a person that's really got a grip on things. I got as much out of that as I got out of the perfume commercial. Well, I still don't know what to think. He's apologizing for completely losing his s the night before when oh, he was yeah. drunk. So oh, yeah. what did he mean? Tail end of a multi-day bender. It yeah. sounded like. So yeah. what did he mean when he was texting? Uh, who knows? I don't know. What's she trying to get money out of him? I think so. I think there's money involved. Uh-huh. But uh, she's she's a little nutty, also. We understand. Everybody's nutty. They're all nutty. Plenty of crazy to go around. Uh, please brace yourselves. This this happened. Not only did it happen, it happened all night last night at the debate. Mr. Steyer, Mr. Steyer. I think we're talking we'll about get Matt. To you, Mr. Sanders. Let's talk let about me, can I say Hold on. Look, first of all, let me go. Tom, I think she was talking about my plan, not yours. I think we were right. talking about math, and it no, doesn't take no, two hours well, to do the math. Because let's talk about let's what talk it adds about up to. Let's talk about math. Let's talk about math. Okay, okay so here's the math. Nothing, no, here's the math. Can I respond to the Doing nothing is what will happen. Senator Sanders, you're allowed to quick forward and we would like to allow you to moderator, guys. You know, that Senator was only Sanders? moderator. Is my turn? This Senator helps a lot. Thank you. Have- that was two to four people talking at once. I think we can beat that. Clip 43 is just a humdinger to me. No, I was talking. I think everybody was talking at the same time in that clip. <laughs> is that, that went I on for, don't know what we're yelling about. And that went on for some time. Indistinguishable from the view. But did anyone those clips are the worst thing ever <laughs> national review has an article today how the debate process is failing us voters and uh, the, how the dnc need to change it and the rnc needs to take note and it said they all face a, face a catch-22 situation the more you try to make a debate process fair to lesser known candidates because in theory you don't want to overlook any talent that might be out there right um, that just aren't connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, otherwise, Rudy Giuliani and Michelle Bachman and all the early candidates of recent years would be the president. you got to let people rise to the top. The more they try to make a debate process fair to lesser-known candidates, the more an increased number of lesser-known candidates will qualify for the debates, making it harder for all the lesser-known candidates to stand out and rise in the field. So that is a catch-22. 
but I like this from the National Review. Most of these candidates last night seemed inexplicably oblivious to the fact that their debate answers sounded a lot like everybody else's debate answers. The point of a debate is to draw contrasts, even though that is apparently upsetting to some columnists who complain about divisive questions. The purpose of a debate is not to assure nervous Democrats that all the candidates are terrific and that everyone in the party gets along and mostly agrees with each other. One of the reasons that the Las Vegas debate was so refreshing and almost riveting, and it was, not last night, is that for once the candidates spoke bluntly about why they didn't think the others should be nominated. Elizabeth Warren really believes that Mike Bloomberg is a creep to his female employees and offers far too little contrast with Trump. Mike Bloomberg really believes that Bernie Sanders is a communist and unelectable. Amy Klobuchar really believes that Pete Buttigieg is insufferably smug and unsuitably condescending to everyone else around them. <laughs> or indeed, there does need to be more of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to imagine anybody using this process to nominate or choose anybody for any role. You know, employee, spouse, president. You wouldn't format it like these debates. It's it's almost useless to determine anything. I mean, can you imagine? All right, listen, we have three really excellent uh, candidates for the uh, vice president of sales uh, position. Why don't we uh, have them on a stage and uh, force them to answer questions in a minute or less and shout at each other and talk about what they don't like about each other? And then we'll know who's the man <laughs> or woman. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I like the idea of... You know, a series of candidate forums. You have, uh, you know, give them all time to explain their their point of view, what they would do, their background, why it lend, why it gives them uh, the tools that they need to accomplish the job. Um, you know, take our time as if as if there's a hurry. How friggin' long have we been talking about? Two this? years, uh, a year right. and a half. As yeah. if we don't t- have time to do. Listen. 15 minutes with Bernie, 15 minutes with Liz, 15 minutes with Biden, 15 minutes with Amy. Then the next day, it'll be some other folks, and we'll flip-flop the order and the rest of it. Would people pay attention to that? I think they would, yeah. And if they didn't, screw them, don't vote! I do think, like, the town hall that CNN's going to have tonight, where they go through each candidate one at a time and their issues, if you you, uh, advertise that as the event, it would get good viewership. Yeah. And advertise it the way you advertised last night. To endorse anything CNN does feels to me like endorsing a good, solid puppy kicking. But uh, I think <laughs> CNN's format tonight is much more reasonable and intelligent which, and helpful to voters. Which party has the guts to mm, kick a puppy? I hope none of them. Which party has the guts to pull the plug on this stupid format? To say next go-round, we're not having the kind of debates that have been had in the past. We'll have these town hall forums. Yeah. Which which party has the guts to do that? Gosh, and, I geez, don't know. And what Stupid, antiquated thinking is holding them back. I, I who's, swear making, to, who's making the argument for continuing this direction? I swear to Madison, I think these things only are happening because that's what we've been doing. Inertia. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well said. Uh, there's an actual word for what I'm trying to express. Uh, I, yeah, I can't think of a single recommendation for them. No. Other than somebody you might think, well, I'd like to see how quick they are on their feet with charges and countercharges and arguing in to case, know if they could uh, negotiate with Putin. In case they're in some sort of timed battle, well, verbal battle with Putin? I hear Extemporaneous, that. Extemporaneous. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hear that a lot. But it's as if people think negotiating with Putin or Xi Jinping is like an episode of Pawn Wars, where you're there at the <laughs> counter, and you're trying to get a 1000 bucks for a watch, and they only want to give you 700 That's not the way diplomacy works. So I, don't, I think they're completely useless. They are, however, occasionally entertaining. 
Did you have something to add to that conversation, Sean? Do these networks pay the parties for the broadcast rights of these things? Is there money being actually, exchanged in actually, any way? I don't actually know that. No, I think they offer a, a, a really big platform in exchange for the advertising reven, revenue they take in. Yeah, the, so then if that's the only reason they're still doing the traditional networks things, that is not needed anymore. The internet has made that yeah. no longer the best way to get a giant audience to see your candidates. The only possible argument for that would be that most voters are old, but... Er, Uncle Dick in the deer stand. Right, he's no uh, spring chicken himself. <laughs> but that won't matter in four or eight years. Right, those, right. The people that don't do the internet will be gone. Yeah, I can only, I'm worried Uncle Dick won't be able to climb up into the deer stand next year. I can only think of one example. Nixon actually got into a quick on your feet, was very important that he did as well as he did against Khrushchev. Mm-hmm. At the um, World's Fair, that yeah, famous Yeah, at incident? the World's Fair, the kitchen debate, they called it. That is the only time in U.S. history I can think of where a president actually had to, on you know, on the off the top of their head, be able to battle verbally with somebody, and it was important. Yeah. Other than that, it just doesn't happen. Wow. I mean, so you could submit written questions to all these people, and then read the response and be fine. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, we'd miss out on such gems as Bernie deciding that selling pot was the way for black America to rise up from the ashes of poverty. And I'll tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to provide help to the African-American, Latino, Native American community to start businesses to sell legal marijuana rather than let a few corporations control the legalized marijuana market. And we're going to legalize prostitution and let black people run the whorehouses. And we're going to have cockfighting on every block with black people as the referees. There are already all sorts of incentives and programs and stuff for minority-owned businesses. You can especially designate pot as a way for black to... Yeah, please. One news item on this. Bernie Sanders is spending Friday and Saturday in Massachusetts, not South Carolina. Clearly, according to this uh, reporter, Jim Garrity, clearly he thinks he's got a shot of knocking out Liz, Liz Warren on Super Tuesday, like beating her in her own state, and that, that would just completely blow her she'd have to quit then right oh interesting well why why wouldn't he be in south carolina unless his internal polling shows he can't beat biden i think he's gonna beat biden surely his polling doesn't show he's got it wrapped up in south carolina the only answer i can come up with is that he feels like he needs to kneecap liz warren get her out of the way yeah um to to get to his final goal she's you know she's not the obvious opponent but she's you know the one he needs to take care of. I don't know. That's an interesting strategy. Left, See, it's been Friday and Saturday in Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, uh, listen. It's a uh, game of chess. Uh, old Joe Biden evidently was told by a uh, a consultant that he isn't forceful enough. I love clip forty seven. Here's Uncle Joe. Look, the fact is, here's the deal. I'm not out of time. You spoke over time, and I'm going to talk. Here's the deal. Look at what's happening here. Look at what's happening here. We have to win the Senate back. And by the way, I went into all of those races that got 41 new Democrats. The majority of them are supporting me for president. Mr. Vice President. Populism is scary. 90% of the time, Joe Biden was speaking in all caps with three exclamation points at the end of his sentence. Loud noises! Populism is scary. And just that all he did was yell at somebody and the crowd went wild. Yes. That was the most... Although he finally stood up for himself. And I think people appreciated that. Because he was just... 
Joe is funny. He just, he's the only guy up there who gives even a single damn when his time is up. Everybody else just flouts the rules. He's and, old and, school. And they get rewarded for it. You get rewarded for butting in. Yeah, yeah. It makes get, a difference. You get penalized for following the rules. That's one of the things that's stupid about the whole debate thing. So a couple of the best snarky stupid descriptions. About rules. <laughs> a couple of the best snarky descriptions I've heard are uh, Amy Klobuchar putting out awkward ant energy. And, uh, and somebody texted that you're clearly hot for Amy Klobuchar, although they, they used more graphic terms. Well, there's no need for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Dick in the deer stand. <laughs> Is that how she refers to him? Uh, uh, when we get right. together, it's and, a euphemism. Hey, Joe, you want to come back and uh, have Uncle Dick climb into the deer <laughs> stand? Uncle Dick in the deer stand. That's right. That's how she comes up. That's how she comes on to me. All right. I, listen. So I'm in love with Amy Klobuchar. We've been together for a couple of years now. I have to fly to D.C. Sometimes she flies here. I think what's wrong with love? <laughs> so uh, in the other uh, description I love is that uh, little Mayor Pete uh, puts out annoying little brother energy. I thought that was pretty good. But <laughs> clip number 23 was a good shot because say what you want about young Pete, and he is too young. Um, but he's quick on his feet. Only way as the person we can do this is to actually win the presidency. And I am not looking forward to a scenario where it comes down to Donald Trump with his nostalgia for the social order of the 1950s and Bernie Sanders with a nostalgia for the revolutionary politics of the 1960s. This is not about what coups were happening in the 1970s or 80s. This is about the future. This is about 2020. We are not going to survive or succeed, and we're certainly not going to win by reliving the Cold War. And we're not going to win these critical, critical House and Senate races if people in those races have to explain why the nominee of the Democratic Party is telling people to look at the bright side of the Castro regime. We've got to be a lot smarter about this and look to the future. He's right about that. That was my favorite line of the night. The Looking shot. at the bright side of the Castro regime. <laughs> Listen. Hey, but on the bright side. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. There That's were oppressions and executions and, and economic uh, choking it to death. But uh, come on now. It wasn't all bad. Hmm. Uh, little Pete was right about that. Although his characterizing Trump as appealing to the social order of the 50s is dealing in that awful old trope that all Republicans are racists. And I hate to let him get away with that, but I don't think he'll be... Uh, I don't think he'll be a fly buzzing around my head much longer. So I'm not going to waste my time swatting at him. I don't remember how this came up on the show, but you said women don't like the word panties. They prefer, prefer underwear. Yes. Uh, we got a number of people who agree, and several women who use the term chonies, which is the, the word my wife uses. Really? I've never heard. I don't think I've heard I that word. I had never heard that in my that life. sounds Spanish. And so both my kids call their is underwear. Is your wife Latinx? Both my kids call their underwear chonies. Chonies? Yeah, which I'd never heard that before. Is that a, you you short for something that. or an abbreviation? Or? Why do you call your underwear chonies? But I've never asked her. I just went But not it. panties. No. I, I don't know if I've ever said that. I just did. Yeah. Guilty. It, it makes me feel oogie. I hope I'm not pinned with that in the debate. I feel creepy. Elizabeth Warren's going to accuse me of saying panties too much. Let <laughs> 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 me know coming back from that. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tyra Banks is preparing to open her own modeling-inspired theme park. It's like a regular theme park, except you throw up before you go on the roller coaster. And you stomp angrily from one ride to the other with your lips pursed. A modeling... Stomp, 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 turn. Stomp, stomp, <laughs> stomp, turn, and get a chicken leg. Modeling-inspired theme park. Okay. That is one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> that is somebody who's a little too close to the topic, I guess. Researchers say Edgar Allan Poe likely didn't kill himself. Oh, I knew it. Just like Epstein. <laughs> Was he thought to have? I didn't remember that he had committed suicide. The 40-year-old Poe died in the hospital in 1849. After days of delirium, cause of death remains unclear. They suspected a suicide for a long time. Now they think, what, somebody killed him? What? Somebody else killed him? I don't know. Whatever. There you go. Uh, I suspect foul play. But they looked at his writings leading up to it, and they said it doesn't sound like the writings of someone who's suicidal. Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. Uh, you know, I think this got too little um, too little attention. And I credit uh, one of our fabulous listeners, Kevin, uh, talking about when Bernie praised China for lifting people out of poverty. He said, is that is he talking about before or after the Great Leap Forward? Anyway, Owen, too. But even more to the <laughs> point, how about the Cultural Revolution, which was a socio-political movement? Um, no, well, let's go with the Great Leap Forward. But the Great Leap Forward led to the deaths of at least 30 million people in the 1960s. That was the agricultural thing yes that didn't work out yeah and, and Mao got punished so much for it. he actually had to step aside briefly briefly yeah and then came back with the uh, cultural revolution which was uh, uh, horrendous but uh yeah so many tens of millions of people were killed by Ma- Mao's leadership in the 60s many tens of millions and they kind of sort of got their act together starting in the 80s and freed up a little bit. And some of the grinding poverty that killed tens of millions got better. And Bernie is praising that as somehow an example of how socialism does work. I mean, that's sick, man. That's sick. Well, there'll be a lot of explaining that if he ends up the nominee. He'll, I hope he'll so. have to go deep on that. I need to hear final thoughts from those horse-faced lesbians. Here's your host, Joe Getty. It's brief and disconcerting. Uh, what was that voice? Oh, I don't know. Real Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lions. I was going to say, uh, yeah, is the call from coming from inside the house? <laughs> it puts the lotion on the skin, Joe. Oh, boy. Uh, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up. He presses the buttons. He keeps us on the air. Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of emails about people saying how they thought it was nice that I said I'd be more positive. I just want to say, quit e- emailing me. You're bugging me. <laughs> All right? Leave me alone. (laughs) Oh, we came across a really funny meme in the uh, office this morning, but it's far too obscene to say on the air. But, man, it's funny about trying to be more positive. Positive Sean, speaking of positive, final thought? Yes, I have a a feeling of of lightness about my soul, and I think it can only be that there are no more Democratic debates. Yeah, no kidding. God, those were inducing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That was rough. That was like... 25 hours, I think. That's a lot. So many hours. 
Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, well, I think we now know why Bernie is campaigning in Massachusetts Friday and Saturday and not South Carolina. Poll just came out in which he is down by 18 points to Biden. So I'll bet his internal polling shows he can't win South Carolina. Spend your time somewhere else. Yeah, you know, my final thought is also debate-related. I go to liberal media for my appraisals of who did best because they're more sympathetic to all the candidates. But um, the lowest-scoring candidate was Steyer. Way out of his league yet again. Can we make this his last debate? Oh, it's time to turn off the lights and lock the door. Uh, It wasn't a great showing. Honestly, we don't need this one. Yeah, the best part is that if a guy like that can become a billionaire, there's a hope for all of us. Good yeah, lord. No kidding. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four hour workday. Check out stuff at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just. Change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed. Is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? No, I was talking about my turkey. Armstrong and Getty.